Hey, welcome to church today. There is nobody here on person because of the snow apocalypse. And so hopefully you are sitting home nice and toasty warm with your latte or your coffee or your hot chocolate or your soup or whatever you have that is keeping you warm this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special Sunday. Before we get to our guest speaker, I want to talk really quickly about Easter uh, Passion Week coming up. If you didn't get one of these, come get one next week and invite a friend. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome week in, in about three weeks, Passion Week. Also, next week we are starting a brand new series that is going to lead us up to Easter called The Road to life. You are not going to want to miss that series. But for today, today we have an awesome guest speaker today that many of you have already heard. He's going to bring an amazing message today that is going to help bridge the two messages from last week and next week. Come on, give the best online clap that you can for Dr. Chuck Stecker. Pastor, thank you. I was just wondering, the last time I, for the first time I spoke, I was a guest speaker. The second time I spoke, you called me part of the family. I wasn't a guest speaker anymore. And now all of a sudden I get back after kind of an interlude, having not spoken, and you call me a guest speaker again, Pastor. I think we need to work on this part of it. I, uh, I really do. One, to all of our folks online, and uh, I know this Snowmageddon or whatever thing we're calling this, that's out of our control at Passionate Life Church. And our team here under our, our, the pastoral leadership and our team has had to make a very difficult decision, but the right decision to take care of folks. But here's what I do want to tell you. Um, we're open. We're open. And I mean by that is one of the great thrills is, is that for me personally, is you know, Sunday morning being in my home church, and this is my home church. I want you to know that. And so I want to tell you, don't use this snow from this weekend as an excuse for not being with us the weekend after that, when our pastor starts what I believe is going to be an absolutely incredible series on the road. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, is bridging from God's love that he's spoken to us about for four weeks to the road that's going to take us not just to the cross, but through the cross. Being at the base of the cross was never where God meant us to live. But our pastor and what God wants to do is have us get to and through the cross because it's on the other side of the cross that we find victory and we live victoriously. So that's really what we want to talk about. But I want to encourage you, get ready. And you know, there are the cards that our pastor spoke about, and sometimes we wait and we think, well, there's going to be a special event. Well, how many are there in a year? You go, well, we've got this one for Easter and this one for Christmas. And I'm thinking, you know, we use the term CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. Every Sunday is a great Sunday to invite your friends to Passionate Life Church. There's going to be some, as we do this, but I would suggest to you that one of the most important things we can do is help them get on the road early on and not just for the one Sunday. So I want to tell you, every Sunday at Passionate Life Church is a great Sunday to invite your friends and invite your family members. 
message today that God put on my heart is mind the gap. Kind of an interesting statement there. I'll explain that a little bit further, but the, the reality of it is the big idea for me is very simple. One of the greatest weapons that we have been given to defeat Satan and to live a victorious life is the power to forgive and be forgiven. Now let me say that again for you. One of the greatest weapons, and when we study God's Word, we understand we're in a war, and our weapons come from God, not earthly weapons. And one of the greatest weapons that we've been given to defeat Satan and live a victorious life is the power to forgive and be forgiven. To defeat, the word there really means to live victoriously. And that's what God says to us. God, you know, I, I, sometimes you have this idea that as Christians, they walk around and we're supposed to be in sackcloth and ash and woe is me, I'm a Christian. And you go through this and I go, I don't feel that way. I feel like the greatest joy in life is knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and the victory that we have over the battles, not just to say, well, heaven's going to be wonderful. The rest of it leading up is going to be miserable. Are you kidding me? Seriously? As a Christian, today is the most important day and the opportunity we have to live in victory today, heaven's going to take care of itself if you know Jesus Christ. So this idea to defeat means really to live victoriously. In Romans 8.37, and uh, in the New Living Testament, it says this to us, No, despite all these things. Now let's just pause for a second. What does God mean when He says, despite all these things? People say the Bible isn't relevant for today because it was written so many thousand years ago. Well, let me just tell you this. God is a God who speaks through the ages and has infinite wisdom in the times. And do you think, no, despite all these things? Let me just give you some examples, perhaps. Something like a pandemic. I, I don't know if that would ever happen, but imagine for a moment our country being shut down by a pandemic, supposedly. The things that are going on where businesses are closing and all of the different things right now going on in our world if you want to relate God's relevance to today and God's Word to today, just listen to what He says. You know, despite all these things going on, and I want you to know that when you hear those words, despite all these things, He's talking about your life personally as well. Not just the world picture, but all the things going on in your life that are attempting to drag us down. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Through what? Through Christ who loved us. And I want you to think about that. Because sometimes people can pick at words and we go, but through Christ who loved us. Let me give you some clarity on that. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. You see, we're talking now what God did because He loved us, but the God that was, is, and will always be still loves you so much that He would do it again if it was necessary. And He says, despite all of this, through Christ who loved us and loved us so much that He was obedient to the Father. Now let's talk about this gap for just a second. 
I've had the privilege of traveling the world in different places, not as much as a lot of folks, believe me. But I've seen this. I've seen this, mind the gap. I've actually seen it written in other languages. Now, here's what the mind the gap means is. It means from where you're at on the platform, this is the subway, this is the metro, this is a light rail, but it's where it pulls up to the platform and you are to step onto that car that's going to take you to your desired destination. You get that? It's where you're currently at on a platform that is stable there that it says, be careful, mind the gap, because there is a gap between the vehicle, the, the road that is going to take you to your desired destination. Got it? And so what we're saying here is, mind the gap. What is that gap? Well, one side of the gap we've talked about is where you're at. After four weeks here, I... Uh, I think I have, in four weeks, I think I have 16 pages of notes for me personally. I don't know if it was good for anybody else. I'm pretty sure that it was. If you haven't had an opportunity or you missed a Sunday, could I encourage you to go to passionatelife.com, passionatelifechurch.com, to the YouTube Passionate Life Church, and it's all on there. In fact, I would encourage you to do what I've done now for gosh, I think a couple of years, is to subscribe to that and you'll be notified. But here's the thing. To understand where we're at, that love, we have love because God is love. And our pastor went through that and you need to see, and some of the tough subjects that he talked about there, that our current position is the believing and understanding and, the, that, and believing and having absolute faith in God's love for us. And you know, it's interesting how many people, and you go, I, I believe that God loves me. I have faith in it that God loves me. And then you look at their lives, and you're, then why aren't you moving forward? Because there's a gap. You see, right where they're at is on the platform. But there's a place they need to get to in order to get to the road, which our pastor is going to talk about. It's like stepping across the gap. you got to clear that to get to the next place to be on the vehicle that's going to take you to your desired destination. And I tell you, the desired destination isn't confusing. The desired destination is knowing Christ and living victoriously in this life. Knowing Christ and living victoriously in this life. So we believe in and we have faith in, absolute faith in God's love for us. What's on the other side then when we look at this? The other side of the gap is the cross. What's on the other side? So it's one thing on this side to believe, have absolute faith in God's love for us. And I got it. I got it. But you've got to get across the gap. And you've got to get on the road that's going to lead you to the cross and then through the cross to live victoriously for today and tomorrow. So what do we got to do with that? Well, we've got to mind the gap. Minding the gap between believing and having faith in God's overwhelming love. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but for me, when I grasp the magnitude of God's love for me as His Son, 
the term or the word overwhelming wasn't enough, but it was the best I could come up with. But it just seems that even with the word overwhelming, it just didn't pay justice to the amount of love God has for me as a son. But I want to tell you, he has that same overwhelming love for you as his son or his daughter. It's an overwhelming love. And he says, and actually living in a victorious life through Christ, what's the gap? Wow. The gap is forgiveness. You see, what's keeping us very often living here on the platform, too afraid to get across that we can't clear it, is because of the forgiveness that is the gap between where we're at and the road that's going to take us to where God wants us to be. And we've got to get over that gap. This idea of forgiveness, a lot of people define it in different terms. Let me just give you something to work with here when we define the word forgiveness. Very often, and let's just say that people say, forgive and forget. And I go, you know, that's not what God tells us. I don't find any place in there where God has given us the power to forget, right? He's given us the power to forgive, but the only one that says your sin, right? Is no further than the east is from the west. You can't get it together because he's forgotten that. It exists no more. But we don't have that human capability. But God will forget. But what do we have to do? When there's an offense, it's a crazy term, isn't it? Offense. But when there is this, it's agreeing to never use the offense, the issue, or the hurt that's caused by another person as a weapon against them. Now, saints, listen to me carefully, please. I'm not a counselor. My bride and I have found ourselves in situations trying to help couples or trying to help individuals. And so often, the we've seen it with the couples, that there is this unforgiveness. And they say they'll forgive, but the very next time something happens, out comes the weapon of the past offense, and they're ready to use it again. That's not forgiveness. That's just setting it aside till you think you need it again. But that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is this, agreeing with who? With God. Agreeing with God that if you go back, thank you. Agreeing with God to never use the offense, issue or hurt caused by another per person as a weapon against them. And that's what's important. That's the gap, isn't it? Because when you're not willing to set it aside completely and agree with God, I'm not going to use it against my husband. I'm not going to use it against that person that hurt me. I'm not going to use it against that person that abandoned me. Right? Then you've opened the door for real forgiveness that God can bring. So when we look at this and we say the forgiveness there, If you forgive those who sin against you, your Father, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sin. Think about that. Let's look at that. God kind of lays this out for him. And that is very simply, if you, let me just go back to that. Chuck, if you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if 
you, Chuck, you forgive to for, refuse to forgive others, Chuck, you need to know your father's not going to forgive you. I have people say at times, you know, the Bible can be a little confusing or the words in that, and I go, okay, so what's confusing about that? Seeking forgiveness begins with being able to forgive. And that's what God tells us here. But, you know, the interesting part is God started this for us by forgiving us when we ask. So when we look beyond that, what happens there? It's making, God says here, forgiving others, right? In Colossians, he goes on to say, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So what does it say? You must forgive others. You know, one of the things that strikes me about this scripture, we use the word fault. Think about this. When we think of the word fault in manufacturing, there's a faulty process there that results in something that's less than perfect. You with me? So what happens on that is, it's not the, not the responsibility of the individual that. There was a fault there. And I'm saying some of this stuff here that happens through circumstances, situations in their life, some things that have shaped people, it's like having a fault. And we're judging them for that without knowing the condition that created it. And God says, look, you don't know enough about the past and what's happened there. You don't know what they've been through. He says, so you've got to make allowance for what you don't know and forgive what you do know. And he says, so the faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you and you must forgive others. One word there to concentrate on. I mean, if you want to pick another word out of that, go to that very last line. And there's a very simple word there. Four letters. Called must. When God gives us commands, they're not these things that, you know, he goes, well, you know, if you have time today, you know, that would be a good thing for you to do if, you know, you got nothing else to do. Like, forgive them. But God says, when these faults are here, these offenses are here, these things that have hurt you, God says, you must forgive others. Trying to live victoriously without Forgiving others is like carrying a huge weight. Let me uh, kind of show you what I mean with this. I, um, I've looked at people in the way they, they carry themselves. There's this huge weight. Sometimes they don't realize because they've gotten so accustomed to the weight. Sometimes they do realize and they refuse to give it up. So let's talk about the areas of forgiveness, because to not forgive is to, like, carry a rock, carry a weight around. And maybe for some it feels good and it feels necessary, and some don't realize it. So here's some of the areas that I want to talk to you about being able to forgive in. There are those that have hurt you. That might not be a big enough rock, you know, to really take all of those. But you have people that have hurt you. you. You have people that have taken from you. And when I talk about that with people that have taken from you, 
Maybe they've taken your dignity. Maybe they've taken your purity. Maybe they've taken physically and stolen from you. But there are those that have taken from you. And that becomes part of the rock that we carry. And then we have those that have abandoned you. Those people that you thought you could count on. Those people that said they'd be there for you. And when things got tough, or maybe you made a mistake, they abandoned you. It's getting a little heavier. And then, this is a bigger rock. Because this rock here represents the rock of people that have hurt those that you love. I, uh, I know my, my bride. I know uh, some of the amazing ladies we have on our team here at TLC and others. And I said, boy, if you really want to put your life at risk, mess with one of their kids. You, you do better to slap them twice than to slap one of their kids once. True. But you see, there's that rock of people that hurt some that you love. And I will tell you this, and we've experienced this in our own life. There's things that I think I've forgotten and gotten past, and my wife has struggled a lot harder because they were things that were directed at her husband, and she would have just as soon then throw the rock and hit her and something happened. And that take place in terms of her husband. And what does God say about that? Wow. How many times should we forgive? Because that's the first question, isn't it? You know, then the scripture tells us Peter came to him, Jesus, and he asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Now, let's pause. Anybody catch a shift right here in the vocabulary? We've talked about faults. We've talked about offenses, right? We've talked about the hurts and so forth. But let's go back and let's look at Peter's question again. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forget someone who sins against me? And we have to look, by the way, at the ones we've sinned against because it works both ways. But he says, who sins against me Seven times? Wouldn't that be, you know, it's interesting when you study the numbers, and our son is one that really studies the numbers and the impact of those, but seven's the number of completion. Six days he works, seven he rested. We can go through the number of things in our world God created in a cycle of seven or multiples of seven. So that should make sense, shouldn't it? Seven times. They sin against you, seven should be enough. And what does Jesus say? No, not seven times. Jesus replied, but 70 times 7. And Jesus lays it out pretty clear for us, doesn't he? 70 times 7. Then he goes on in our word here. And this is very important because I'm just going to take a pause right here on this issue of forgiving others to tell you we have to be very careful in ministry. By the way, I use the word vocational 
what I get to be in, not full-time. Every one of you that follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is in full-time ministry. And yours is a lot tougher than mine, I would tell you. I, I believe that with all of my heart. But in the whole gamut of ministry, there have been occasions where I've dealt with people that have significant unforgiveness. And they won't deal with it because they think, as long as I serve in the church, I'll be on this team, I'll do this, and I'll do this. I'll use my gifts, and it's okay. I can just ignore that issue of forgiveness. Because it's a lot easier to serve and do things than actually forgive. And let's see what happens here with Jesus. He says, so if you are in a, if you are presenting a sacrifice, and could I suggest also when they say sacrifice, your gift, right? Whether it's a sacrifice of time, talent, or treasure, when you're presenting that at the altar before God, whether it's in your church, a ministry, or that, he says, so when you're presenting a sacrifice, your gifts, who you are, at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember, I wonder how that would happen. I think it's called the Holy Spirit, but we'll let that go. You suddenly remember that someone has something against you. doesn't say you suddenly remember that somebody hurt you. It doesn't say somebody out there, right, offended you. It says someone, right, something against you. It means what it's saying here is you have wronged someone else. That's what he's saying here. When you're presenting your gift and you get there and go, wow, I just realized I've really wronged somebody else. One of the versions, remember we talked about sin. I have sinned against someone else. We could go through. What does he say? Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled, forgiven for that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So he's saying, you can do all of these great things, saints. You really can. Serve a church, serve in a ministry. You know, so all of these things. But when you get down to it, if you haven't got your heart right and you have sinned against someone else or there's an offense there that you haven't dealt with, the gap, got it? Between God's absolute, overwhelming love, the gap, and being able to step safely onto the path that takes you to and through the cross. He says, you, you, you think you can get there, but just leave it there in front of the altar for me, will you? I love you, and I'm sure it's a great gift, God says. But would you leave it in front of the altar, and would you go take care of business? And what he's saying is, if you need to ask for forgiveness, or if you need to forgive, God just says, go take care of business, will you? Because that's what's important in that. And then we go on from there, and now we uh, get to some of the others that are tough. There's two more rocks down there, right? And when we look at those rocks down there, that represents some of the tough ones. You see, this rock here, this represents the people you've hurt. And if you've lived longer than a day, you've probably hurt somebody. This represents the people individuals that you have hurt. You know, it's interesting when I laid this down, I didn't see the broken edge of this and the jagged edge of this. 
because when we hurt others, very often it results in a broken person. And that's sad. But we've got to take responsibility for that. And that's a case where we've got to go and ask for forgiveness. We've got one more rock left. I'm going to slide over here. This is the Chuck Rock. See? That's a critter, isn't it? This is the Chuck Rock. I call it the Chuck Rock because you can see there. Sometimes the most important thing in forgiveness is forgiving yourself. I've, um, I can tell you for over 60 years, Satan's tried to hit me with this rock over and over again. And I've, I've had times I've dealt with it very well. Through God's help and the power of the Holy Spirit, I've had times I've struggled. And forgiving myself. I've hurt people. I've abandoned people. I've done terrible things. I know that God's love on this side of the gap is very real. I know it's overwhelming. Beyond anything I can comprehend. But I know that Satan still wants to hold me back on the platform and not get on the path that's going to take me. And I don't know about you, but maybe this is a good-sized rock for you, too. That the biggest struggle you have right now might be forgiving yourself. God's pretty clear on that. I'm going to put this in here. God's pretty clear on that, and he tells us that in his word. In 1 John 1, 9, he tells us this, but if we confess our sins to him, to God, that he is faithful and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse as we were just getting started, I said, I love that in a different version where it says to purify us from all wickedness. God makes that promise to us, saints, that if we will take those issues and bring them to him, God is faithful, God is just, he is the same today as he was yesterday, and he's right there with us, and he is faithful to restore purity. Wow. But you know, the problem is, is with those, a lot of people have gotten used to carrying them. Not sure if I can get this on. Pastor Ben, would you help me, sir? I want people to see what it's like when we walk with total unforgiveness. Okay? Wow. Okay. Got it. Thank you, sir. I want you to look at this. Um, I've carried some rucksacks in my life for a lot of years. But I want to tell you this, this is no way to go through life. This is no way to go through life. And what gets this off of me? Because here's the gap. In order for me to get from the platform of that absolute unconditional love, because God is love, and get over the gap that I'm carrying right here, it's dangerous. And I've got to get on the path that's going to take me to and through the cross. So where do we go from here? You know, we got to mind the gap, don't we? And what that means is we can't ignore it. If you're dealing with unforgiveness in your life, if you're dealing, for, dealing with issues of not asking for forgiveness from others, 
that gap is bigger than you think. And to get from here to the path, sometimes I believe is impossible. Because while it shows it is very narrow in the pictures, I believe the longer we wait to ask for forgiveness, the longer we wait to forgive, it feels like that gap grows, doesn't it? So what do we do with this? The gap between how big is the gap that we've got to deal with? Believing and having faith and knowing and believing and having faith in God's love for you and living a victorious life in Christ. I can't answer that question for you, but God can. One of the things here at TLC, Passionate Life Church, that is so important to me is the time that our church sets aside for response after every service. My wife and I have the privilege of being on the prayer team. And Sunday after Sunday, you will hear our pastor talk about the cross, talk about the meeting place with God and our prayer team. And here's my prayer for you when you think about that gap. You may need some help with that. And we have a church that wants desperately to help you close and get rid of the gap between where you're at and allow you to get on the path to a victorious life. The bottom line is simply this. Do you trust God enough to forgive yourself and forgive those who have hurt you? Do you trust God enough for that? What does that look like? Well, I can do this. I think I can. Pastor Ben, I'm going to need your help again, sir. Could you just kind of help me drop that? Because I don't want to live like this. Thank you, sir. We'll just set it here. There's a place for that, and it's at the foot of the cross. And I don't want to carry that with me. And it's an ongoing process. So what's our big idea for today? Very simple. One of the greatest weapons we have been given to defeat Satan and live a victorious life is the power to forgive and be forgiven. Mind the gap. From where you're at in God's love, to be able to close that gap, step safely across to the path that's going to lead you to and through that empty cross where Jesus Christ gave his life for us. I'm going to ask our pastor to step back up here as we close out. Say, thank you, sir. I love you, and what an honor to be here. Awesome. What an amazing word that was today. Uh, can you put that, that slide back up there? It kind of lists, yeah, the, the forgiving others. And now as we transition, we're going to transition into our response time. As your pastor, this is the most important time of our service. And just because you're at home doesn't mean, I don't, doesn't mean we don't respond. Okay, this was a powerful, powerful message. And, and I know many of you were touched. And so now we need to seal the deal with the Holy Spirit and, and really respond. And so um, 
forgiving others, those that have hurt you, those that have taken from you, those who have abandoned you, those who have hurt someone you love. Man, how powerful. And so as we're getting ready to transition into response time, I want you to get a person in your head or people in your head. Maybe that person, and Chuck talked about this, is you. Maybe the person that you need to forgive today is you. Because how serious is it that our sins won't be forgiven if we don't forgive ourselves, if we're not forgiving other people? It is that serious. And so I just want us right now, just take this moment as you're watching at home. Uh, I'm, I'm going to create an altar right here. And I just want you to do that at home. I want you to create an altar uh, right at your, your, your place, wherever you're watching this. I'm going to create one right here. I'm going to get on my knees. Um, I do this every Sunday after the service. I just want to create an altar for myself to get alone with God uh, because I need to respond. As your pastor, I need to respond to the Holy Spirit, what he's doing in me every single week after the message. He's speaking to me, and so I know he's speaking to you. And, and this is a serious subject. I want us just to take this serious. Let's just, let's just take five minutes. Let's just take five minutes wherever you're at and just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to, to speak to your heart. And then I'm going to lead us in a prayer of forgiveness um, together. And so let's just, let's just let the Holy Spirit speak to us right now. That, that those people that have hurt us, those people that have uh, just, man, those people, as we were listening to the message today, those people just came in our hearts and our minds. Those people that we know that we haven't forgiven yet. Let's just let the Holy Spirit do His work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we just thank you that you love us so much. We thank you for your promises and the promises that are true, God. Lord, this, for, for many of us, this is so personal. This hurts because the person that we haven't forgiven is ourself. And so as those, those people that are watching right now, God, we just, we just ask for forgiveness of ourselves, Lord. God, that we would truly believe that you forget our sins, that you forgive them and you forget, and you're not holding us to the, our past mistakes, God. And we thank you for that, Lord. We just give you our past right now in Jesus' name, and we, we ask for forgiveness of ourselves right now. Lord, those people that you brought to mind in our hearts and our minds, God, we just forgive them right now, God. We give them to you. And there, there's ex-husbands that are on that list. There's, there's boyfriends, there's girlfriends, there's ex-wives that are coming to mind. There's brothers, there's sisters, there's parents, there's grandparents, there's cousins, there's best friends. God, we just release them right now by name. We release them to you. Maybe you just need to say that name out loud, right? Wherever you're at. Maybe you just need to whisper that name to the Holy Spirit. He's here. We just, we just need to release those names right now. Lord, take those names. Take those names. God, we forgive them. God, we forgive them. Lord, right now, just, we just, I just ask that you'd remove bitterness. God, we just remove uh, just, just every anger that's in us right now. God, just re help us release that out right now to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, now we ask that you'd forgive us of our sins, Lord. That you would forgive us. You'd cleanse us anew, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you, Jesus, for the work you did on that cross. For you said it's finished. And so we receive that today, God. 
We receive your forgiveness for our own lives and the people that are around us. Lord, today, right now, I claim freedom over our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Man, I love you so, so much. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, And go with God today. Walk in that freedom. And we can't wait to see you next week. God bless. Thank you so much for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. If you'd like more information, you can email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or share this with a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.